0: It was an old residential neighborhood and most of the residents were old. So when we were having the flood, again, communication was not what it is today. We listened to the radio most of the time and, and <laughs> as a compliment, I WKOK, the w- old radio station at WSEW. Right, WSEW and WMLP was on yes. the air up in Milton. Those folks were where we got most of the information. You were busy. It wasn't like you were glued to the television set because you're busy moving stuff. So TV wasn't really a factor. So we're listening to the radio as we're doing things. And depended on them. Didn't have a computer, didn't have a cell phone. There was no pulling up the river stages and looking at them like I had talked about. You know, so we depended on that. And, and I'm sure they were all reporting the information that they had. Sometimes it was a little different. It wasn't the same. Okay. You know, and I guess most of us at that time were... Forever optimistic that ah, it's not going to get that high. Uh, I remember my dad saying, "I remember 36. You know, I it can't be worse than that." <laughs> so we're, yo, know, he's gauging everything. We're taking stuff out of the basement, moving it up onto the first floor. Well, then they started saying, "Well, it's going to get higher than 36." So my dad decided okay, we're going to move the stuff that we can up onto all the, to the counters.
1: Oh, up on uh, stilts, off the floor.
0: Yep. We had some planks that we'd put on the windowsill, sat the furniture on top of it. Oh, dear. You know, did that kind of stuff. And, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, that particular house, when it was all done, had 43 inches of water in it. And... That's above the windowsill. It was above the windowsills. Everything, silly? you know, you basically lost everything and, and you yeah, lost the stuff that you sat up that you thought you were putting up high mm-hmm. enough. We just, you know,
1: to and imagine... You're not, not going to be in this house when the water's in the house, right? You won't be My there.
0: dad and I, that night, we were in the house till midnight and then once the water started pouring in the basement windows and it really was coming in uh, we decided no maybe we better go over town and we had a boat tied to the back porch and we walked out the door hopped in the boat and knew our way around so motored through the streets on the Isle of Q down to what's now uh, Bow Street and at that time we had no bypass then. So Bow Street, there had been a temporary bridge many years ago that went across the creek when they did major work to what's now the Pine Street Bridge and so there was a it was open through the trees so we motored over motored across the creek now this is you know, it's now one in the morning uh, motored across the creek and motored up Water Street and turned at what was the fire company then turned at the fire company and parked our boat about halfway from there up to Market Street and
1: of course yeah, the fire company would be in the water at that moment the fire right? company was okay. in the water they
0: had moved everything so and it's funny I June the twenty second is my anniversary. Our Judy's and mine. Oh, okay. So I had I had taken Judy she was pregnant with our second son. Oh dear. And uh so our our youngest son was three and a half years old. So Judy and Nick, we took them over town. At the time my mother was literally dying from cancer. The DHNL brought the ambulance over. They had put her on a chair uh, because she was on a second floor bedroom, carried her down, took her out. Today it's, I think, Penn Manor Village. It was the doctor's nursing home back then. Oh, okay. And a, a doctor by the name of Robert Grubb, Dr. Grubb had contacted my dad and said, you bring Leonore, which was my mother's name. You bring Leonore out here. We will make her as comfortable as we possibly can. Okay. Because uh, he was our family practitioner. So he was well aware of her condition.
1: Um, hey, now you're leaving at 1 in the morning via boat. Yes. Your neighbors are already gone up and down this residential yes. street and not this street yet. You're still up the
0: street. Right. We okay. were on North Front Street. Okay. Okay but the neighbors were gone okay. you know everything's dark uh, power was out and we went over town and my my grandparents uh, DK and Floyd Richel lived on West Pine Street uh, as you head toward the university so we walked out there and slept in the basement <laughs> just we found a place to sleep because we had other family members that were in the flood they were out there also judy she and nick were up at her grandparents on north orange street so she was there i called her one o'clock in the morning and you know said a belated happy anniversary Yeah
1: that was yeah what is it june 18th is the flood anniversary itself
0: no that should be the 22nd 22nd okay should be the 22nd of june and uh that was we spent two days over town now in the meantime i spent most of the time you know on market street where our boats were uh i had been asked to run medication up to some folks that lived on Sherman Street, where Sherman and Market Street meet, on North Market. Uh, I motored up Water Street, pulled the boat over where the railroad crossing is, and then put the motor back down and motored up onto North Market Street and delivered the medicine to those folks, came back, it was... The water was starting to recede a little bit. Mm. So this would have been late afternoon on the probably 23rd. Slept that night. Came back down on to Market Street early on the morning of uh, the 24th, only to find that the half a dozen boats that were there, people from the Isle of Kew, had motored over. <laughs> the boats were all chained together and locked. Oh, dear. The reasoning was mm. none of us were allowed back on the Isle of Kew until they had patrolled the Isle of Q, decided it was safe for people to come back. Well... My dad knew, and I had lived through a, a, a mini-flood in 1964, that you need to be in your house when that water starts to recede. Flood mud washes off with a garden hose when it's wet. Oh, okay. When it's dry, it's like concrete. Okay. I mean, you it, it's like day and night when it comes to cleaning up. So I was really angry at the time. So you were ready to start? I was ready to start... I went up to what was Wenzel's Hardware store in Sealands Grove, knew them well, because at the time I worked at the bank, Tri-County National Bank in Sealands Grove. So went over to Wenzel's Hardware, asked them, could I borrow a pair of bolt cutters? And got the bolt cutters, walked down to the boats, cut the lock off of it, and (laughs) it was 20 feet of chain. Took the chain, put it in my boat. My dad and I hopped in the boat and we motored over. People were yelling at us by that time. And we motored over while all the other guys did the same thing. Now, our boats were going to be dry docked in a very short period of time. On on land. So that was my experience, a negative experience with the 72 flood. Every flood since then, I have never left the Isle of Kew. I will not go over town. I will not evacuate. But I will always have a boat and motor. No one will ever have to come and get me. If I'm ready to leave, I'll leave. Um, But I...
1: And you've had water in the basement since then. I've
0: had water in the basement since then. But my son, Nick, lives up on... East Walnut Street, kind of in the middle of the Isle of Q. Well, that flood's far worse than us here. Mm -hmm. Those of us that live right along Front Street, it's higher than it is in the middle of the Isle of Q. It actually dips. So my son gets water on his first floor at about 28 feet. Anything less than 30 feet, I don't have to worry about. And that's just water in the basement then. Okay. But, so, I've experienced him flooding, and we need to be there with hoses in order to to start cleaning up. Why do you, is there a tension
1: that you enjoy here because the potential exists it will
0: flood? Oh, no, not at all. We're going to have a flood. This isn't if it floods again, it's when it floods again. I'm prepared for it. I've lived through a bunch of them. Every now and then Mother Nature collects rent. (laughs) So we live in one of the most beautiful spots, even on the entire Susquehanna River. I got nobody looking back at me when I look across the river. There's no houses. There's the Boy Scout cabin through the trees over here. No, but that's not occupied. But we have nobody looking back. Well, there aren't
1: many places. We see an island here, correct? Yes, this, this is an side. island. Okay.
0: Yeah, there's a Third War River on the other side. So, so
1: you, some people would be a nervous wreck knowing that it could flood yes. again and, and will flood again. But what's the trade-off? What do you get? for being here you mentioned this uh a way of life yeah tell me about
0: that way of life it is as the our sign out front says it's soul soothing boy it's tough to explain i it is almost a religious experience i one of my favorite things in the world to do is sit on my swing here and watch the sun come up over the mountain when those first rays of sun hit your cheek You almost have to turn your head to the side because it's so bright. I imagine that's what heaven's going to look like when I get there, stand before the throne of God, and his radiance will be so great that I have to turn my head to the side. I truly believe that. That is an experience that I have. The other one is, there's an old Indian legend that... In the time of the ancient ones, which would be probably five to six thousand years ago in the archaic Indian period.
1: Now it's the water truck. <laughs> or fertilizer, probably.
0: Yep. The old Indian legend is the Native Americans called these hills, the keepers of the sun. And they called them the keepers of the sun because they believed the great spirit kept the sun behind these mountains and would release it in the morning because that was their world. They didn't travel out to the ocean to see where it came from, but the keepers of the sun, you know, the great spirit would release the sun. Why well, sit here every single day? And watch the mountains I watched, release the sun. I watch the Great Spirit release the sun. It comes up over the mountains, just as it did five thousand years ago. And if we're talking about flooding
1: today, we're talking about floods that we exacerbate because we continue to build and pave and develop and, yes, and we do and, and road and stone and concrete and we're another.
0: We're, 72 flood is probably going to be in the neighborhood of a foot to 18 inches higher today than it was in 1972. And that is because of upstream development in the watershed. Because that's the only thing that changed. Um, You know, we've channelized the river and it has to go somewhere, so when it comes down here, it creates its own floodplain and we keep we keep increasing the the floodplain maps. You know, because of that, more families are now you know in the floodplain and have to have flood insurance. As a as a former banker, you know, I'm very, very familiar with when flood insurance first came into effect was no flood insurance when I first started making mortgage loans. Then people had to have flood insurance. Well that was kind of the interpretation of the banker at that time. So I had people that their land would their land would show up in the floodplain, but their house sat, you know, on a little hill. Especially along small creeks that would happen. So we didn't it's like, nah, the house isn't in the floodplain. We're okay. Now you have to have elevation certificates to determine is the structure in the floodplain or not. Okay. Uh, and we all, I I can't emphasize enough, I sitting on the flood task force in Sealands Grove. Sealands Grove has a program where they will pay for an elevation certificate for your house free of charge to the homeowner. They can't get rid of the money. Hmm. They People don't take advantage of it. And yet, <laughs> you if you're going to sell your house, you're going to have to have an elevation certificate you know, in order to, to be able to document, you know, is it in the floodplain? Uh, okay, Is it raised
1: above? What else do you want to tell us about Agnes? We're just about done.
0: Agnes... Agnes was a... a Agnes was a benchmark. You know, you're, for years and years and years, even today to the old timers, you know, it's, life was before Agnes and after Agnes. Uh, as far as the homeowners... I said earlier they were mostly older folks and they they had old homes. Well everybody got money. You were told to throw everything out. They had old coal stoves back in those days that heated their water. My gosh. They got a new stove they got a water heater, you know, new refrigerator. Uh, they had money to have their house. I swear, 95% of the old houses in in on the Isle of Q had paneling.
1: Got their can, first paneling. They wow.
0: got their first paneling. They <laughs> didn't have wallpaper anymore. The houses got upgraded. You know, the in a way, the standard living went up. For those old people, it also kind of destroyed <laughs> a way of life. Uh, you know, it was what they were used to. We lost, on the Isle of Q, we lost Sheets's Grocery Store, which, when you come across the bridge onto the Isle of Q, where the northbound lane of the bypass is, We had our grocery store there. Where the southbound lane of the bypass is, we had a playground, we had a skating rink, Little Norway, and we had the old canal bed, which, as kids, we played in.
1: And uh, Norway was moved to another location? Yes.
0: But the 72 flood... Kind of cleared the way for all that. It was, it was like, okay, this is nothing but a floodplain, you know, uh, covering up portion of the Pennsylvania Canal, which still existed. Uh, you know, it, did the bypass ruin part of Sealands Grove? No, I fought it tooth and nail because I wanted it to go west of Sealands Grove as opposed to you know, up on the Isle of Q, the developers. (laughs) Real estate developers wanted absolutely for it to come up on the Isle of Q because the future development was west of Sealands Grove, which you can look at today. They didn't want the highway right in the middle of that. They didn't want the highway in the middle of it. Now, I guess what goes around comes around because the extension of the bypass is going to go up by a whole bunch of residential areas. Any, anyway,
1: right. And, <laughs> and that's what they did. They tore down houses. Well, and the other thing is if you look on the maps and these hydrologists would tell you the Penn's Creek didn't used to come through town, how did it ever get rechanneled? Why it, or it didn't used to come here. It used to exit down by the Green Bridge and go to the river there. Penn's Creek? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it got rechanneled in 1830.